The big question is this. How can we live a productive life and leave behind a great legacy? A legacy that not only we are proud of, but a legacy that Allah is pleased with. How can we do that without feeling stressed and overwhelmed? That's the question. And this podcast is here to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply and share personal development and productivity tips that help us to live productive and meaningful life and help us to leave behind a legacy that we can be proud of. My name is Adam and welcome to Productive Muslim Nation Podcast. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Hopefully you are well and productive state. Today we have a very special guest, Sheikhuna Ismail Kamdal, who is an Islamic scholar and founder of Islamic Self-Help. Assalamu alaikum Sheikh Ismail. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How is it going? Alhamdulillah, I'm well. And how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm very excited to have you as a guest on the show. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Can we start with the introduction? Sure. So, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, salatu wassalam ala rasulil kareem. Alhamdulillah, I'm a person who does many things. Uh, a religious uh, scholar, a, a businessman, a homeschooling father. Uh, so just a brief background, uh, I'm I'm a graduate in Islamic studies, having done uh, the traditional alim program and after that a bachelor's in Islamic studies as well. So I have studied Islam in both the traditional and modern settings, alhamdulillah, uh, and combined both in my teachings. And uh, I'm involved in multiple businesses. I'm a manager at uh, uh, two different uh, companies. I'm uh, the founder of two different online businesses. Businesses, uh, be, one being Islamic self-help, which I think is our focus here today. And uh, I'm homeschooling my kids. I'm an author of many different books. Uh, I used to be a radio presenter for about 10 years, but uh, recently resigned from that to focus on my writing career. So yeah, I'm a person who tries to keep busy, tries to do many different things and uh, just uh, try to maximize life, inshallah. MashaAllah, may Allah reward you for all that you do. And I just wanted to know what is the backstory of Islamic self-help? Well, the interesting thing is that the Islamic self-help came about uh, accidentally. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't planned. So back in 2014, I was reading a lot of self-help books. And I noticed there weren't many Islamic books on the topic, right? They were all by non-Muslim authors. And a lot of Muslims were asking me for books on these topics by Muslim authors. So I spent the year writing two books in 2014. I wrote a book on time management and a book on self-confidence. And I self-published them uh, in early 2015, but I didn't have a platform from which to market them. So one day I just said, you know, let me just buy this domain, islamicselfhelp.com and set it up just as a platform to market these two books. And uh, a few hours later, the website was up and running and it was basically just a blog to market these two books. Uh, That was the initial idea. I didn't think of it as a business. I didn't think of it as something that was going to grow into anything. I just need a platform where people could find my books online. Uh, Alhamdulillah, a few years later, Islamic Self-Help has over 7,000 subscribers. It has multiple online courses. So it has about 10 different eBooks. It's it's grown into a full-fledged business uh, very organically, you know. So Alhamdulillah, it was it was something which I started overnight without thinking about. I actually wasn't into business or anything at that time. I actually didn't even know anything about running an online business. But uh, Allah has helped it grow into a really uh, strong online business that's benefiting thousands of people around the world. Alhamdulillah. 
Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm glad that you started uh, Islamic self-help because my journey to self-development was similar to yours. I started reading non-Islamic authors, but it took me a while that I started to desire more Islamic authors because some of the teachings were not aligned with Islamic teachings. So Yes, yes. And I, I myself, being a graduate in Islamic studies, I could see that very clearly. You know, whenever I'm reading these books, I was able to differentiate between what was Islamic and what was not. But then I realized if I recommend that same book to somebody who hasn't studied Islamic studies on the level I have, they won't be able to differentiate. You know, they'll take everything as, as gospel. So I felt it became my duty to start writing and recording on, on these topics uh, because I'm, I had knowledge of both self-help and Islam and somebody needed to put them together into one field. What do you consider that self-development and self-improvement is important? Well, self-improvement... Uh, you know, to me, I think one of the, the, the reasons why it's so important is that we as human beings have a lot of potential, but uh, many people don't live up to their potential. You know, many people are unaware of their strengths, uh, their passions, the, the things they're capable of doing with their lives. And what personal development or self-help does is it helps you to look inside yourself, to find your skills, to find your goals, to find your passions. Um, to find what you're good at and then to nurture that, to grow it. It helps you basically grow into the best version of yourself. Um, so if you look at myself, for example, uh, 10 years ago, I didn't have any self-confidence. Uh, today, I'm a very confident individual. 10 years ago, I was not, uh, I did not consider myself involved in business at all. Uh, it was something that never crossed my mind. I was just an Islamic teacher at, and I didn't think about being anything else besides that. But through personal development, I gained the confidence to, to go into the field of business and, and to get involved in this area and, and to really excel at it. So, you know, it, it helps to bring out things inside ourselves we didn't even know were there. It really pushes us to be the best version of ourselves. And this is why I think this is a very important field to teach and to study. Absolutely. I agree with you. And your ebook, The Best of Creation, kind of touch upon on this topic. So my follow-up question is this. How can we discover our true potential? Yeah, so the interesting story behind that ebook is uh, that's actually a collection of notes I wrote to myself during a time when I had low self-confidence. So I wrote that book to boost my own confidence. And I realized it was so much... Uh, information is so beneficial why don't I publish it and actually from all the ebooks of all the books I've ever written that's the one I get the most positive feedback about you know people are always emailing me and telling me that uh, their books really really help them to change their lives so make sure for that and you know that other part of your question about uh, how do we do this well I believe if, if you find something you're good at right and and you can align it with something you're passionate about that benefits the ummah then you headed in the right direction. So the example of my own life, uh, I'm good at writing, right? And uh, personal development books benefit the ummah. So by writing personal development books, I'm combining what I'm good at with what benefits the ummah. And now my life has some purpose, some goal. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm maximizing my potential to help this ummah. So it comes down to, to combining three things. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? And what benefits the ummah? If you can find something that puts all three together, then you have a you have a chance to really make a difference in this world. You know? So for everybody I who I speak to, I always tell them try to find that sweet spot, find that one thing where you're good at it, you're passionate about it, and it helps the ummah.
and then you're headed in the right direction, inshallah. Inshallah, that's a great advice. Another interesting fact that I noticed that most of your ebooks are cheaper than Starbucks coffee. Is there any particular reason for that? Yes, well, I wanted my ebooks to reach as many people as possible. And, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to, to make sure that people all over the world could afford it. So, you know, I mean, for people in our countries, it looks cheap, but for people in other parts of the world where the economy is not as good, it's actually not cheap for them. Mm. You know? So I either had to come up with two separate price ranges for the different economies yeah. or find a, a sweet point of, of for pricing which which everybody can afford. And the benefit of the ebook is there's no cost involved. Uh, there's no printing and shipping. So I could keep the prices low. So yeah. to meet, reach as many people as possible, I kept the prices uh, below $10. That's my, uh, that's generally my goal, keep it below $10. My most important ebooks are like $9.99. And uh, it goes downwards from there, depending on how big, how long the books are. But uh, yeah, I generally try to keep it below $10 so that it's affordable for people in countries which are weak economies. Yeah, and it's a great investment. I, I have personally recommended to many of my friends to get one of your sure. books. Uh, the name of this podcast is Productive Muslim Nation, and you are Islamic scholar. I wanted to use this chance to ask you, who do you consider to be the most productive uh, generation in our Islamic history? Well, the Prophet Muhammad already answered that for us. He said, The best of generations is my generation and then the one after it and the one after it. So the first three centuries of Islam, the first three generations of Islam are by far the most productive. And just look at it historically. Uh, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came uh, to this world uh, in Makkah, if you look at the early years of Makkah, he had about 80 followers. Fast forward 100 years from there, and the Muslims are now a superpower. They're in a golden age. They have their own currency. They have an official language. They're ruling about 10 different countries. They've defeated the Persian Empire. They've, they've, they've uh, become equal to the Roman Empire. To grow from a small community of 80 believers to an empire in less than a hundred years. This is a miracle. Uh, this, this shows a level of productivity that, that's unmatched in human history. Uh, the amount of things they used to do, I mean, when you study the golden age of Islam, whether it's in science, whether it's in, in medicine, whether it's in mathematics, Islamic studies, hadith collection, in every field they excelled. They, they like, whatever they went into, they went into it a hundred percent and they gave it a hundred percent. Allah put barakah on it for them. And so, they were able to grow into the most magnificent uh, civilization that this world has ever seen because of this. So definitely the first three generations of Islam, the first three centuries would go down as the most productive. Yes. Does this mean that we are the least productive generation? Actually, I wouldn't even say that uh, because to be honest with you, I believe in the past 50 years, the Ummah has picked up in its productivity. I would say the least productive generation would be about 100 years ago. Uh, the generation that sat around and did nothing as the Khilafat collapsed, as the Ummah fell apart, as the colonial powers took over our countries. Uh, you know, that was perhaps the darkest period in our Islamic history. If that generation was more productive, we may still have an Ottoman Empire. We may still have a Mughal Empire. Uh, we may still have control over Spain, over India. We may still be, you know, a world leader. But because for a couple of centuries, the, the, the Muslim Ummah took whatever they had for granted and they became lazy and caught up in enjoying themselves, Allah took everything away from us. But I won't say we the, we the least productive because I've noticed in the past 40, 50 years, the Ummah is starting to revive itself. You know, the situation Allah has put us in has, has made us people who want to get back on top. 
So we look around today, look at the amount of Muslim businesses, entrepreneurs, startups, look at the amount of Muslims involved in social work, in activism, the amount of Muslim scholars, the amount of Islamic universities that are starting, the amount of books being written. I think more work's been done in the past 50 years than in the 300 to 400 years before that because we are in a state where if we don't work, we're just going to go more and more down. We're going to, the Ummah's going to collapse. So Alhamdulillah, we're not the least productive. In fact, um, when, when history looks back at our generation, they may look at us as the revivers of another era of Islam, inshallah. You know, the foundation phase of Islam starting to grow up again, inshallah. So no, I don't see us as the least productive, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's a great news. I got inspired for that. <laughs> Your latest e-course is self-confidence uh, course. How did this self-confidence course come about? The self-confidence course is based on my uh, self-confidence book, Best of Creation. And what I found is uh, a lot of people nowadays, they prefer online courses to books. Right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I always get people emailing me saying that people don't read anymore which I find to be a terrible uh, idea. People don't read anymore because readers are leaders, yeah. right? But nonetheless, if people don't read, then we, reach the, we get information to reach them in other ways. And so to diversify my self-confidence materials available in different formats, and I found online courses to be the, the most uh, structured way to teach it. After an ebook, I found an online course to be the most structured way to teach it. And I found I was able to go into more details because what I did is I took the book and I explained each chapter and I broke it down into modules. So it ended up much longer and much more comprehensive compared to the uh, original ebook. So this came about because of demand. Many people emailed me saying they would prefer online course over an ebook when it comes to self-confidence. Um, they prefer training, videos, lectures, things like this. So I, I spent a few months earlier this year putting it together and Alhamdulillah, it is, uh, I think I'm quite proud of, 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 the, of, of the course we put together. It's something that's really beneficial. Anyone who goes through that program from beginning to end will definitely experience an improvement in their confidence and gain the tools to continuously improve their confidence as the years go by. Uh, it's a very practical course. The focus is not on memorization of any information. The focus is on personal development. It's on practice it's on taking what you learn and putting it into your life and uh, i'm really happy what we have produced so far the students have given very positive reviews and are very grateful that they have access to these resources mashallah i have come across uh, self-confidence courses on books for non-muslim authors and some of the exercises they have over there might not be something that uh, is acceptable islamically for example uh, Last time I came across expert that suggested to use alcohol in order to reduce social anxiety and, and gain more confidence. And I think that's not a good, a good way of approaching this topic. So I'm glad that we have Islamic perspective. Uh, that yeah, yeah, I've also noticed this because this is one of the reasons I wrote this book and wrote me this course. For example, I'll give you two exam more examples. Uh, yeah. One that's very obvious and one that many people might not pick up. The obvious one is a lot of these uh, non-Muslim experts, they recommend uh, zina for improving confidence. You know, if you, if you get together with someone for one night, it boosts your confidence. Mm. Of course, as Muslims, it's unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, but let me give you something more subtle. Uh, many of these self-confidence books, they teach you that you are the captain of your own ship. You are in charge of your own destiny. It sounds nice, but uh, it contradicts one of the six pillars of Iman. Father. Yeah. Allah is in charge of our destiny. So as Muslims, we, uh, you know, we have to be careful not to get caught up in these wrong beliefs because this isn't just a wrong belief on a small level. It literally contradicts one of the six fundamentals of our faith. We're not in charge of destiny. Allah is. Right? So whenever there's some non-Muslim who tell, tell me that you're the captain of your own ship, I always say, yes, but Allah controls the waves. So <laughs> you're still only going to go where Allah wants you to go.
Yeah, that's a so good This is really important to think about. Yeah. I want to finish off with the last question. What is the biggest lesson you have learned from, Islam, from your journey at Islamic Self-Help? I think personally, the lesson that I learned is uh, that I am capable of, of uh, running a business and getting involved in this field. As I said, before Islamic Self-Help, I was <clears throat> very low in confidence. Uh, I never considered myself someone who could buy and sell things or get involved in business. I just thought teach, teaching would be the only thing I'd ever do. Uh, but now, alhamdulillah, this opened the door for me to get into this field. And I love it. I love the world, the business world. Uh, I find it to be a very interesting place with a lot of interesting things to do. And now I'm involved in multiple businesses. And Islamic Self-Help opened that door for me. It taught me that, listen, you can set up a website and make it profitable. And you can set up a second website make that profitable as well. It's something I didn't even think about before. You know, it never crossed my mind before that a website could be a source of, of, of income. Because, you know, our generation, we raised the idea is you go to school, you go to university, you graduate, you get a job, and that's it. Mm. You know, we didn't think you could have multiple streams of income. You could have a more relaxed life. You could work from home. You could have a website generating income for you. It opened up a whole new world of possibilities for me. And I like sharing these ideas with other people. You know, whenever I meet people who are stressed out about life or overworking or working too hard, I like to share them the ideas. Say, listen, you know, I did this. Why don't you also start a website? Why don't you also start an online business? It'll, it'll give you more income and you can breathe a bit. You can relax a bit. You don't have to be working seven days a week in somebody else's office doing something you don't like. There are alternatives now that we have the internet. So this has really opened the doors, not just for me, but for other people as well to, to see that, Online, there's a whole new world of opportunities. And this is going to make life much easier and at the same time, more beneficial for all of us, inshallah. That's a great lesson. Any final thoughts before we finish? I think I just wanted to give one last piece of advice before we finish. And, you know, that's whatever you're doing, it's not going to be easy. Remember to have tawakkul in Allah. Trust Allah's plan. And Allah's plan is such that if what you're doing is beneficial for you, he will take you through stages of difficulty to build you up, to give you the, the personal skills to handle it, to become good in that field. And then when you are ready, he'll give you success. Until then, he's not going to give it to you. And Allah's plan also works such that if what you are chasing is not good for you, he's not going to give you success there, but he will help you pivot. He'll help you find something else to do instead. So just go with the flow of destiny. You know, go with Allah's plan. Work your best, try your best, and put your trust in Allah. And understand whatever the end result ends up being, that's from Allah and that's what's best for you. And if you trust that, you, you won't get too stressed out. You won't get too worried. You'll be happy no matter what direction things are going in. And you won't give up easily either. So tawakkul is most important in the field of business. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for sharing your story and doing this interview with me. And Shazakallah khairan. Shazakallah khair for having me. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Ya hello, 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 ya hello